And once we get that right, which is for me the most important thing, that they have, first of all, respect. The second one is commitment. The third one, passion. Those three ingredients are non-negotiable. Everybody and welcome into the Non-Negotiables podcast. I'm Gavin and Full House today. I'm here with Justin. How you doing, Juz? Hey, hey. And welcome back, Pascal. How you doing, Paz? What's up, Gav? Ah, good, mate. Good. So, good weekend. Um, good win. United getting beaten was funny. It could have been a lot better, actually, if uh, if Spurs hadn't have uh, come back in injury time. It was actually setting up the City result aside. And even they went down early was setting up to be actually a really good weekend. And then uh, it it ended up just being quite funny rather than being really good. I think we can say that. So let's start at the beginning. Um, Just the starting lineup. Me and you both said last week that we thought Raya would come in. Raya did come in. Um, You, I think, went for Enketia, whereas I thought Jesus would start. But clearly after the travelling... Arteta wasn't prepared to risk Jesus, so Enketia did start. Um, and then Havertz out and Vieira in. Um, so I guess let's start at the obvious one. Raya over Ramsdale. Um, yeah, Gav, I'm I'm not uh surprised by this at all. I think it was only um a matter of time before we, you know, went went ahead and threw him out there and and, and saw what he could do. Um I'm not a Ramsdale hater by any means. I love Ramsdale. Um, but I do think Raya's the slightly better goalkeeper, just in you know, based on some of the metrics and and, and whatnot. Um I hate to see Ramsdale dropped, but I, I understand it completely. Um it do you do you want me to touch on the other changes or or go no, ahead? No, just just do that first because I want to give Paz a chance to talk, to chime yeah. in here because he you know we we've over the last week or two we've discussed Raya versus Ramsdale quite a bit. Yeah. Um and Paz hasn't really got his say on this. And I know that he was on my side when it came in that we both said we would have preferred to see Ramsdale stay. Um Paz, I take it you were surprised that this change has happened so early. Um, and has your thoughts changed over the first few weeks of the season about this? Uh, yeah, it's a good question. I I mean, if you go by what Arteta said, then we could be in for rotation of the goalkeepers, according let, to let him. Me, let me just now, say, Mikel Arteta is a liar. I know, I know. I was about, <laughs> I was about to caveat that. <laughs> With with exactly that point that he has got a tendency to lie, but at the same time, if there is any credence in what he says, um, then his justification you could say for having Ryan in that game was because the aerial threat from Everton, which we've not really combated very well over the last two game, uh, the games that we have played them away, we have a poor record there, and I think he he's. If if you do go by what he's saying, he might have thought Raya would be better at handling of the ball in the air. Uh, distribution is is really good on his side, so quicker way of getting the ball out. Um, so it it could make sense. I can't. I I, I don't know. I, I I kind of have a feeling he might have a point 
Because why? what I find a bit weird is that they focus on Arsenal with the rotation of their goalkeepers. What about Brighton? Brighton are rotating their goalkeepers. They're playing Steele and they're playing the other guy. Um, Van der something. <laughs> I should know his name. His Dutch last name. But um, <laughs> they're rotating those two. But no one's saying a thing about that. No one's making a deal. No one's asking the manager, why is he doing that? So if Brighton have been managing to do that this season and what they've been achieving with their results... Why isn't it that Arteta could very well think, depending on the opponent, maybe Raya might be more suited for this type of opponent as opposed to Ramsdale because some of the qualities that he has. And it is backed up statistically about um, how he is in terms of um, receiving aerial balls um, in comparison to Ramsdale. So I, I, I honestly am kind of not much help to you, but I might there might be some some belief in what he actually said, even though I know he has got a tendency to lie. There's there's a couple of things to this. First off, if you're going to go by the stats, I think Raya has Ramsdale in every single area, right? Like it's not just the high balls. He has him in passing, he has him in long passing, he has him in shots. So for me, you played a better goalkeeper. And if you think that's David Raya, then you played David Raya. Like, I, I just think it's as simple as that. If, if Arteta thinks he's a better goalkeeper, and Arteta does think he's the better goalkeeper, because if he didn't, he wouldn't have spent £30 million on him. He thinks he's the better goalkeeper. He bought him in to be number one. It's just taken him a few weeks to bed him in, which he did with Ramsdale as well. But my argument to that is he's paid £60-odd million on Havertz and he was on the bench. So Arteta's argument is, hey, what's to say I can't rotate my goalkeeper? Who's making this rule up? Is it is it just society? Is it because everyone has done it that way? Why why can't I do it? Yeah, but I, and I, that's understand, yes. I understand that. And I, I would get that if they weren't the same goalkeeper, right? If you had one goalkeeper that was David De Gea and one goalkeeper that was one of these two, then I would say, yeah, there's something in that. But you've not. You've got the same goalkeeper. They are both goalkeepers that play the ball with their feet. The argument is that Raya is just a little bit better. They are both goalkeepers that command their box. The argument is that Raya is just a little bit better. Like, they're the same goalkeeper. This isn't a case of we've got one goalkeeper that does this but, and another goalkeeper that does but, this. Well, that's yeah, the argument, isn't it? Uh, uh, Raya's just a little bit better. That's and, it. And that's that's my mm-hmm. thing as, as well. I, Pass, I understand what you're saying. Just to me, I think they're the same goalkeeper. It's not like your... Ch- like, Havertz and Vieira... There's no style two... difference. There's no I don't think there is. Difference. I don't yeah. think there is. In Havertz I, I get what you're era, saying. Yeah, I get they've what got saying. two completely different players, right? Havertz is an off-the-ball player. He's a runner. He's someone that crashes the box late. In Fabio Vieira, you have a ball rotator. You have more of a link player, right? We've got this with Martinelli and Trossard as well. And we'll get onto this during the game because you saw it in live action, the difference between Martinelli and Trossard. But mm. with Vieira coming in for Havertz, what made sense is that we had over 80% of the ball before the goal, right? It ended up at 74%, but we had over 80% before the ball uh, of the ball before the goal. Everton did not get hold of the ball. That was Arteta's plan. So it makes sense to bring in Fabio Vieira over Kai Havertz, right? Fabio Vieira is going to have a higher successful passing rate because that's the sort of player he is. So there you've got two different players. I do not see how Ramsdale and Raya are different types of goal. They are the same type of goalkeeper. They are both a more modern type of goalkeeper. Arteta just clearly thinks Raya is the better one. But isn't that, in today's world, isn't the modern type of goalkeeper what every manager wants to use anyway? 
Like the days of this world are obsolete. That's why he can't find another club to play for. Absolutely, one hundred percent. But that is, but that's exactly what I'm saying. I don't get like his quote after the game was: "There's two. Reg- I'm very young. Uh, I've only been in a manager for three years. There's two regrets: one uh, not changing the goalkeeper, one on sixty minutes, and one on eighty-five minutes, and it cost us points. Right? That's what he said. First of all, we've only dropped points once since Raya has been here, and that was the Fulham game. Right? It's the only time we've dropped we've dropped points." I cannot believe that he was talking about bringing Matt Turner on at any point last season. Like, I I just don't see it. So I just don't know what he's talking about. Because if it's the Fulham game, fine. I've got no problem with you saying that. But we haven't Mm. dropped points in any other game. So it hasn't cost us in two games. And there's no way he can honestly say, I really wish I'd have brought Matt Turner on in in the 60th minute of a game last season. I think it's a bizarre quote. To be honest, um, I, I think it's I mean, gobbledygook. Is what I think. Yeah, it is. I think yeah, it's absolute yeah. nonsense. Yep. Yeah, I feel the same way. So, um, you know, whether I mean whether he's just trying to protect, you know, maybe Ramsdale's pride or or or, or whatever it is, the the quote is nonsense. And um, I guess we'll see who starts next, right? Because I mean, I, I, I think. Yeah, just I think that's a really that's exactly what I was about to lead on to. Well, it's who starts in the North London derby, Pash, right? It's not about who starts on Wednesday night, it's about who starts on Sunday. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think we're gonna know who starts on Sunday by who starts on the Champions League, right? You think it's definitely gonna start in Champions League. I have a feeling Raya starts in North London derby. Yeah, I I think so, Pass. I think you're right. Yeah, I I think you're right, but I don't know. Do you know what I mean? I just I think what we do know is whoever starts Sunday is the first choice. But you see, in a way, though, it, I'm trying to spin this positively because I, I like the fact he's keeping us all guessing. We all don't know. The media's going bonkers. Well, this is this was the other point I was going to bring up, Past The person who's loving this the most this morning is Mikel Arteta because Absolutely. he loves it when people don't yeah. know what's going on. So yeah. for everybody to be trying to guess who the number one is and is he really going to sub a goalkeeper on the hour? It's... Right, the man doesn't like no. making subs at any point. He's not <laughs> subbing a goalkeeper. But, no, no. but it's but it, the fact that everyone's kind of looking at this quote and you know, is he going to start rotating game for game? Is is there an away goalkeeper and a home goalkeeper? Which, by the way, makes no sense to do it this way round because Ramsdale was brilliant away and ridiculous at home. Um, but it's um, yeah, I, I think he he loves it more than anyone else. It it, it listen, it's part of something that he's done throughout this season, not just goalkeepers, but we do sometimes, as as we do every week, we struggle to guess certain players who's going to start. We we can kind of have an idea of definite ones nailed on starters, but there are areas where he is, like the Havertz, I thought he would start Havertz, to be honest. And I was actually quite happy that he didn't because what we saw in the latter end of the Wenger years was very little flexibility and change. It was kind of the same thing all the time, every week, no matter what happened or who the opponent was. I just think now we're starting to use the squad of how we should be using it. And on the Havertz one, just so bringing Vieira in for Havertz, obviously Vieira's made an impact off the bench when he's come on. Um, You can't argue that he didn't, deserve some sort of start. I mean, you could say the same for Trossard. He didn't do very well against Fulham, but Trossard's been good every time he has come on. 
is it a situation where his game plan on Sunday was literally to keep the ball? Because, I mean, that's kind of how it worked out. And Vieira is just better for that. Um, yeah, it, it does seem like that for me. Um, I think, uh, you know, James said something interesting on the the, uh, the Arscast Extra about uh, how we're trying to dominate the ball way more and that he he doesn't really like it. Did you guys, did you hear the episode? Uh, he, he doesn't really like it because it, it, it's a lot more like uh, how Man City play. We're, we're transitioning more into that. And I, I got to be honest, I, I, I do kind of agree with that. Um, I don't think we're there yet. So robotic and methodical as Manchester City are, but I can see where James is coming from when he says that. And I think uh, there's definitely um, uh, like a priority on keeping the ball low risk, um, you, you know. And I, I think I think Vieira is he he's going to be good for that. I mean, he he makes risky passes, but uh, he's always going to keep the ball, you know. This was something else I had to to bring up. So. We have had in our games this season, other than the Palace game, which was kind of destroyed by a red card, what, 56 minutes in, 57 minutes in. Other than that, we have had a field tilt, whether you, whatever you want to call it, possession in the opposition third. I've seen a load of debates online about this is geekery, that's geekery, don't care. The field tilt has been over 80% every single game bar the Palace game, right? We have dominated the ball in every single game the Palace game and even in the Palace game our field tilt was over 50% and our possession was over 50% even playing with 10 men for almost an entire half that is exactly what I was going to ask you about Juz is it a little bit worrying that on Sunday we had 80% possession before the goal 74% possession overall an 81% field tilt and we only had four shots on target is that a worry? Because that this isn't a one-off. This has been like this nearly all season. And it is a consequence of this decision. And it is a decision to just have more control of games. Is it a worry, the fact that there's a lack of goals? Or is it something we are just adjusting to it? And eventually, Erdegaard, Saka, Martinelli, Jesus, Trossard, they're going to figure it out. I mean, mate, mate uh, for me, it, it's a worry. It is. Um, we have talked about this, I mean, you know, I don't know, 20 times on this podcast. We were incapable of killing games off. And it's it's great to dominate, but when we only win by one and the game is scrappy, like, well, why? But none of our we- games have been scrappy, though. That, yeah. this, is, this is what I'm saying. We have not had... You can kind of look at Palace and say the end was a bit scrappy when we had 10 men, but even then, they never got behind our back line. So the the games haven't been scrappy. We had the stupid goal that we gave away in the first minute against Fulham and then a corner, right? Okay, fair enough. But none of these games have been scrappy. Every single one of them, we have absolutely dominated. And we're we're a, a stupid goal from a corner away from five wins from five. But, but Gav, I mean, why do you think we do it? Why do you think we let our foot off the gas so much? Like, okay, you're, you're right. I agree with what you just said. But why 
do we let our foot off the gas so much after going up? It's, it, it boggles the mind. So I was thinking about this. I don't know that we have our foot on the gas at all at any point. I just think the opposition are just trying to dig in. And then when we score, they have to try something different. So I'm not, we've got no interest in, well, not no interest. I shouldn't say that. I think teams have changed the way they play against us, right? Last season, we all said it. We weren't expecting to be title challengers, right? We were not expecting that start that we had. It, It kind of, you know, it just went and went and went and we got momentum, we got momentum. And it was noticeable in the second half of the season that we didn't play as well. Well, a lot of that was because everyone else, all of a sudden there's half a season of tape on us and everyone else is going, shit, they're a good team. So they changed the way they play against us. I think this change is a consequence of teams changing the way they play against us. I think that playing Everton away, and, and this may ever might not be the best example just because they're so bad. Yeah, um, but fair. I think playing Everton away a year ago, Everton wouldn't have played the way they did on Saturday. I think they would have looked to get forward quicker and more often. I think they would have looked to get crosses into the box. And they really didn't. They didn't do anything against us on Sunday. But I think this is, I think their teams have just changed the way they're playing against us. So we are in turn having to change the way we play. And we're being a lot more patient. There's always one more pass, one more pass, one more pass. I agree that I don't particularly enjoy watching it as much as I enjoyed the football from last season that was a lot quicker. It was a lot, but, but we were able to break last year. like, And we just haven't been able to do that this year. Gav, the thing about Arsenal is they always try to walk it in. And I feel like we're doing that. Um not not so much as we were under Wenger, but um, like you just said, there's always another pass. There's always another pass. And I think we've got some players that are um, shot shy, maybe, to, to, to be but fair. Don't you think this is a bit funny? Because we also have scored a lot of goals from outside the area. Over the, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you, but we've scored a lot of goals from outside of the area over the last 18 months. And that seems to, this season, that seems to have not disappeared because obviously we've got a couple like it, but we're definitely taking less shots. Mate, it's, it's, it's the games that we take a lead in and then we just stop. Um, that's, that's what's bothering me uh, personally. We're, we're taking these leads in these games and then we stop playing the way we normally would be playing if it was nil nil or even you know one nil to the opposition i don't know what's going on it's really weird it's it's um it's uh been a uh like a figurehead moment for Mikel arteta i feel like uh since he's been here and i just i don't understand why we can't put games down that's definitely going to have to improve because in this league, you are only ever one break away from conceding a goal, right? Like we, we said it before yeah. after we, you know, the stupid draw against Fulham, that could easily have been Palace had the ref give the Eze penalty. It could have been Forest had they got another corner. Like like you are. And so we do need to get the second goal with the third goal. We we need to be killing these, these games off. We haven't hit 
top gear yet and we are four wins and a draw from the opening five games. The draw is really frustrating and I I, I just I have yeah. this nagging feeling that at the end of the year that draw is going to is going to screw us over. I I really think that that could be like I think this is a mid 90s point season for Man City. I don't think Man City are winning the league on 88 points. I think they're going to be in the mid 90s. I think we are capable of being in the mid 90s, but we can't do that when we're dropping points at home to Fulham. Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I, I couldn't agree more. We, we can't drop those points and be a title contender. And it, it's still, like I said, it, it just kind of boggles the mind that we cannot put our foot on the throat of these teams once we score. Um, it's a really weird thing. It's been going on for, I mean, Arteta's entire reign, right? I think we've been talking about this for his entire yeah. reign. Yeah. And I, I just, um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to sit here like I have the answers because I don't, but it really does seem like we stop trying once we go up. Yeah, I, it, it's it's definitely a mentality thing, right? Like it's it's a hundred percent a mentality thing. But I do wonder how different this game would have been had Martinelli's goal stood, though, because we we started this. I thought we played well throughout. Actually, I mean, it was a little bit slow. It was a little bit sideways at times, and we had a little we had a spell before half time where we kind of lost our way a little bit um, after Martinelli went off, actually just after the disallowed goal. And sometimes, you know, we've spoken before about these VAR decisions when they go against you, it kind of switches the momentum. And I think we really had Everton on the ropes at that point. And then once that goal got disallowed, it kind of G'd them up and it knocked us a little bit. And then Trossard coming on for Martinelli really didn't help the situation. The disallowed goal, Judd, I, I, I just, the only thing I understand is that I don't understand. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I officially <laughs> do not know these offside laws, right? I just don't know. To me, if you tell me that that goal has been disallowed because Gabriel played the ball forward to Saliba and then the forwards got in and cleared it back towards his own goal and therefore Anketi was offside from Gabriel's pass to Saliba, I can see that. I can buy it, and I'm in on that. I have no problem with that. It was, if you zoom in, it was a forward pass to Saliba. It wasn't backwards. It wasn't square. It wasn't massively forward, but it was a forward pass. So Enketer is offside at that point. Fine, I've got no issue with that. But to then say there's a breaking phase, and if he intentionally plays the ball or he doesn't, if it's got to be intentional, how do you ever score from a defender playing it backwards? Do you know what I mean? Like, like, how do you ever score from that? If a, if a guy is offside, what's to stop uh, a player just lumping it up in the air? And if it accidentally goes back there, oh, well, I didn't mean it. It, it. I do not understand this law. I don't get it. I didn't get it at the time. Um, I, I don't know what's going on with it. Yeah, I'm watching it back right now, actually. Um you, you have to really zoom in on that pass from Gabriel to see that it was going yeah. forward. And so, like I said, at the time, I didn't think it was a forward pass. And then after seeing it after the game, I'm like, you know what? That is forward. So I do understand it. But then I hear that that's not why they disallowed it. Yeah, th- this one, this one's really tough, Gav, because I mean, you know, you know I- what it is, just I feel like this is one of those rules, right, that has just screwed us over and you will never see applied again. That's how I think this is. I think that rule is going to be changed 
And at some point later on this season, that is going to happen against us and it's going to be given because they've changed the law. I, I, I just, I feel like this is one of those rules that is only ever going to fuck us and ne- you're never going to see it again. Yeah, the PGMOL. Uh, Don't even uh, bother reading the description because it makes no sense. Is it intentional? It's not intentional. The, the guy's trying to block the block the pass from Saliba to Gab- from Gabriel to Saliba. Therefore, it's an intentional move. I, I just it doesn't make any sense whatsoever, and it's a shame because it was a really beautiful goal from when Enketia brought it down and knocked it back, and then the ball outside Vieira's pass for Martinelli was excellent. It was a super finish into that bottom corner. Yes, I just watched it four or five times. It it it, it was it was brilliant all around by Arsenal, and I I honestly I can't really. You know, I, I just assume when it comes to referee decisions that we're probably going to get fucked, Gaff. So yeah, and it it really does seem like it. You know, well, you've got you you've got some sort of uh, you're biased in this. It is always us that gets fucked yep. by these laws. It's always us, and it's I, like I said, I've just got a feeling that you are never going to see that again. They're going to rewrite that law that rule so it's a different interpretation, and it's just this is the one goal that will be ruled out forever it's i just think it's it's ludicrous but that after that martinelli injures his hamstring in that and that is a huge blow because although it didn't look terrible you know he's missing a few weeks at least he's not going to get to make his champions league debut he's going to miss the north london derby and i was really really looking forward to seeing seeing him in that game i just i it's just such a shame that this has happened Look, mate, I'm I'm the I'm the biggest Emil Smith Rowe fan out there, and I'm 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 heartbroken. This is uh, really sad. Uh, I do think he's going to be out a few weeks for sure. He misses the Eindhoven game and the the Tottenham game. Yeah, Fair and then it's and then it's time to go wherever he makes Man City yep. because I, I yep. think it's going to be and and we I think we really need him. I, I really do. Um, it's. Those those games, the City game in particular, I think we desperately need Martinelli for that. I don't think that's a Trossard game. I think that's a Martinelli game. Yeah, I agree with you there. And I do, I, I find it, um, you, know, you know, very, very worrying with him missing so much time at this point because I do think he is one of our most dangerous players. And it just changes the way we play. So, like I said, that first 15 minutes, I thought we were really good. Um, and it was a matter of time until the goal came, and then the goal came, and then it gets ruled out. But when Trossard came on, we we lost something, didn't we? We lost that thrust, and we've said it before. Trossard is is um, is more of a he's a connector. He's, he's a playmaker. Yeah, he's yeah, he's, he's not he's a someone finisher. who he, he he's a link man. He links in. Yeah, he's not link. a winger. He's yep. a link man. And yep. I think we we by losing Martinelli's thrust and bringing. Trossard on who likes to float into that middle more and combine it kind of messed up everything that we that we had going on and I think with that with that happening we really lost our way a little bit and it started to turn into a bit of a slog and a and a everybody coming into the middle and exchanging these short passes without really going anywhere yeah I mean I I couldn't agree more I think that um he's one of the uh, well, I, I don't want to make it sound like it's rare, but he's one of the players that is always ready to like uh, race past the defensive line 
Um, there is uh, an openness about Martinelli's game. He's pretty much, you know, 110 miles per hour all the time. Um, not to say I don't think Trossard is is a good player, but they are different. And I, I agree with you. There is much more of like a, a link man, uh, a playmaker type in Trossard that Martinelli is much more of like an, an end man getting on the end of, of these passes. Uh, so yeah, I definitely think it changed the way that we played a lot. And, uh, you know, we made some good it, it hard adjustments. It. It though. I think we made some good half time adjustments because we come out in the second half and we were a lot better in the second half. Immediately. We were a lot better. And the other thing that we adjusted at half time, we, we, we won a ton of corners. I think we had 12 corners overall. And, um, we we hit the first few long and they weren't really going anywhere. And then we changed to the short corners. And I'd been, it's funny, I said in the WhatsApp group, what's happened to the short corners? I liked them. And then all of a sudden we started doing them short corners and started moving them about. Paz, we were dangerous every time we got them overloads. When Erdegaard went over and he would either go over to the side where Vieira was actually taking out swingers. And he went over to Vieira or he, or it was Saka on the other side. No, the guard would go. And then we would get either Zinchenko or Trossard on the edge of the box and create a three versus two. Um, that was really dangerous when we started doing that. Really dangerous. Also, I think um, what, what we were doing... Oh, you see, we, we, this is where I, I like Arteta's mode of thinking because it, it seems like he's learned a lot from the previous games at, um, at Goodison. So taking corners and just putting them into the box, you see how tall their central defenders are. You see you've got Enketia. You obviously lost that height with Harberts, uh, with Vieira instead. It, it just didn't seem to work in the previous game. So we had to think of another way to penetrate that goal. And you could see it's all rehearsed and beautifully rehearsed as well. Really well done. It, it, it was genius move. And um, it really had an effect on them. And that's that's a manager that's doing his homework and realising that you've got to shake it up. You've got to change something to penetrate. Because we all know Daesh Ball is very direct. And one thing they are really good at is being in, in the air. They're very good. So, um, yeah, really made a difference. And it was a beautiful goal when it come. Again, mm-hmm. Odegaard going out with Saka, combining with Trossard. Saka in Trossard and a brilliant left-footed finish into the corner pass. We we needed that at that point. I'm not going to say it felt like it wasn't ever going to come because I think most of us had the feeling that it was coming. I think that pressure was going to tell one way or another. But it was definitely a relief when that ball hit the back of the net. It was um, obviously after the, the the Martinelli goal being ruled out. I think we there was that worry we were coming up to like the 70th minute. Um. And I hate that period because you're you're like, you know, are we going to get this goal? We were by far the better team. It was just trying to... We weren't really getting a lot of shots on at the goal. Um, so it couldn't have come at a better time. And it was something that we thoroughly deserved on the basis of play. And, and, and even though we might not have been the most electric, um, it was, it was uh, very, very well received. And we saw the game out really easily after that. Like, we were mm. never under any pressure. I remember we were talking at the start about Raya and his ability in the air, and there were two crosses that went in, and he claimed both of them brilliantly. Like, fantastic, absolutely brilliant work to come out and claim them. But that really was it. Everton had one corner the entire game. Just we said that we were uh, a bit worried about corners. That was our only only issue. Well, we found a way around that. We just didn't give them any. 
So <laughs> we, we kind of figured that out. But the reaction from Daesh and the crowd to four minutes going at the end, right? I, I need to bring this up because this obsession with time wasting and teams time waste against us, especially at the Emirates, all the time, right? And we get angry about it and whatever. But I've always said, just book, just book the players. That's it. There's no need to go with 12 minutes injury time. This is what they have caused. There was no time wasting in that game. Everton weren't time wasting. They weren't time wasting. It took us till 70 minutes to make the breakthrough. So we weren't time wasting because we're trying to get a goal. There was no time wasting in that game. So four minutes up at the end is absolutely correct. But just the, the reaction to four minutes going up at the end, that is a direct result, right, of all these games going 12 minutes over at the end for no fucking reason. Ooh, I don't know, Gav. I, I, um, I, maybe I'm misreading you here, but I, I actually have kind of liked the way the referees have addressed the... Don't come line. on here and give referees credit. Do you know what podcast you're on? <laughs> I have. I have. I've, I, I've liked it. I've liked the way they've added time. And um, I, I think it's, it, it's fair. Um, I... Yeah. Why, why is there only two minutes going on at half time and 12 minutes at the end of every game? This is arbitrary. There's nothing fair about it. They're not actually doing anything. They're just making up numbers. Hey, mate, we've already benefited from having a lot of extra Oh, and we're going to benefit loads more. I said this at the start when they started doing this. It's stupid, but we are going to benefit from it more than any other team. Hey, hey, Poss, can you back me up here? What do you think? Uh, I, 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 I could kind of back him up, to be honest, Gab, because I think if you look at You're the You're backing teams, referees as well. What the hell not, is going not, on on not, this part? Not necessarily the refs, <laughs> per se, but if you look at the team's against that we get the extra minutes it is against the lesser teams it was yep. like Spurs got loads of minutes at Sheffield United they yep. will time waste those teams always time waste. we talked about this last season Nottingham Forest when they'll come to the Emirates especially they'll time waste when they're at nil-nil Everton not so much because Everton can't get a win for love nor money so they needed to get something out of this game I don't think time wasting would have been in that that um, their mindset at home but I do feel that it does happen a lot. So this one justifiably was four minutes because Everton were chasing the game after seven uh, after seventy minutes. We needed to score, um, and there would have been really no reason for us pretend to, to time waste after that just to control the game because we can do that. I think I, I do feel there are. I, I do think it's excessive because I think Spurs was like fifteen minutes. It was it was something crazy. I yeah, don't know how many minutes. Yeah. I do think it can be excessive, but I don't see anything wrong with it being more in some games, a lot more, because the teams that they're playing do go to those, do go away from home to play for a draw, especially the the far lesser team, the newly promoted teams, or the ones that are in the fringes of the bottom three. Fair enough. I'll, I will. I will <laughs> not saying refs not are good though. to you, but I will accept that that is your opinion. I'm not saying refs are good though. <laughs> don't, get, don't get that twisted. <laughs> so I think I think that was about it. Um yeah. has one little quick word on the uh the Mikolenko escaping the booking for that ridiculous foul on Saka that wasn't even given as a free kick. Yeah, I mean we've talked about this many times before. It's do, do um, you think do you think the ref just didn't see it? Because that's all I can think. I don't think there's uh, a ref bad enough to think that that yeah, wasn't. Yeah, I a foul I, I can book. only put it down to that. I mean as much as I think refs refs are really crap in the Premier League, 
I, I just, how can you see that and not think that's a yellow? That's Yeah, that's I, I agree. Crazy. I think he just didn't see it. That's yeah. the only thing I can think of. I don't think he ref badly in the game. I mean, you no, know, it wasn't I, a bad. It wasn't a badly ref game at bad. all. Yeah, it, it really right. wasn't. So, all right, guys. Well, let's come back in the second half and do a Champions League preview for the first time in seven Ooh. years. We are back. Very so nice. We'll see you after the break. Sounds good. All right. Hey guys, just a couple of quick halftime messages for you. Firstly, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favorite podcast app. It really helps us reach a wider audience, particularly on Apple Podcasts. Secondly, we're on all the social media platforms as The NN Pod. We're really trying to build a strong Guna community. So next time you're on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, look us up, give us a like or a follow, send us a message, interact with other listeners, or, or just have a look around. Thanks for listening from myself, Paz and Jazz. We really appreciate it. <laughs> Welcome back into the Non-Negotiables <laughs> podcast. This is part two. PSV preview back in the Champions League for the first time in seven years. Exciting stuff. So let's kick it off with a Who Am I game. Um, lad, you ready? Mm. Sure. I got a doozy for you today, and I'll be quite honest with you. I don't know that I would have got it if I wasn't the one saying the question. <laughs> um, who am I? I began my career at FC Ufa. I moved to Manchester City and went on loan to PSV for a season, appearing 12 times before returning and establishing myself as part of the first team squad at the Etihad. I then moved to Arsenal and have appeared 31 times for the Gunners. Who am I? Any ideas? Gav, can you oh, give I know. me a like a decade? Can I give I you know. a decade? Like 90s. I mean, you can't have 10 well, years well, to think about it. We've only got so 40 minutes. Be, no, it, it must. You said the Etihad, so it's the recent Man City team. Oh, look not, at, oh yeah, that's that's look, at, yep. look at Paz wow. getting, digging in. I, I know who it is. Yeah. I know who it is. Come on, man. Nice. <laughs> All right. The clues well, we'll, in... we'll, come back. we'll come back at the end. because. Um, <laughs> and and, and <laughs> I'll just, be honest. I just didn't know he played for PSV. That's that's. That's yeah, or Ufa, uh, wherever Ufa is. Ufa. Yeah, and I, I may have said that completely wrong. It could be <laughs> UFA, it could be Ufa, it could be Ufa. I, I have no idea. Okay. So, all right, all right. Well, let's get stuck into the game then. Um, so we met him in another competition that we won't talk about. Uh, last year, we finished top of the group despite losing 2-0 at PSV the last time we played them. Um they had a different manager last time. Cheating, diving, horseface cunt was their manager last yep. time we played him. He's been now replaced by Peter Boz. Yep. Um, I'm expecting that night, even though we lost 2-0, and I'm sure everyone remembers the night in that stupid competition, we had all of the ball, basically couldn't score, and then they, they smacked us twice. Um, has are you kind of expecting the same sort of game here this week? I, I I can't see PSV coming out at us, right? I wouldn't think so. Um, I I do I do think they're actually this. And this is look, I've not watched them. Um, my only intel comes from family. With what my dad tells me, they're actually a really pretty decent outfit, um, and probably better than last year. That's what he says. Um, he says they've actually got some good talent in there. I think that Bakayoko guy who nearly left um, decided to stay. He's really decent. Um, they've got a few others. I know Simmons is not there, actually. But um, 
So, but I don't think they're going to be coming at us. I think they're going to be with the, the, you know, we're going to be the ones taking it to them. Um, but then I don't think they're going to be um, an easy side. Um, and uh, I, I feel that they, they can be quite dangerous. Uh, but you have to look at it and you look at the context of who we could have got. Um, you would have to think at home that's us taking the ascendancy totally to them and uh, going for that win. And to your point, Paz, they won four nil again at the weekend. So that's four win from four wins from four in the league. They've scored thirteen goals and conceded one. Um, mm. Luke De Jong got another couple. He's playing well. They got that. <laughs> um, that I think he's a, a younger player, Noah Lang who um, had a really good start of the season, but he actually went off injured after the hour. He scored and then came off injured. So there's a chance that he doesn't make it on Wednesday night, which would mean Hervin Lozano probably coming in in his place. Just we said that we think that PSV are the second best team in this group, despite coming out of pot four, I think they came out of actually, didn't they? I think they came out of pot four. Um, but we think they're probably the best team in this group. A win really would give us complete control of this group early and we desperately need to do that i've got a lot of respect for peter boss i was um surprised to see he was the manager i missed that but he is like a a balls to the wall all time attacking um so i i respect the way he 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 sets his teams up to play football i think though that that could play into our advantage quite a bit and yes i i agree that if if we can get a win here it'll be massive for the group it's a group that we should be winning paz for sure there's there's no doubt about it we're going to be favorites in in every game even the away games and i think it's one that is really important to win me and Jazz were saying before um on last week's pod that there's a big difference between the top six, seven, maybe eight teams in the Champions League and everybody else. Since the last time we were in it, I think it's expanded again since. And there's there's just more teams in it, which means obviously the quality is diluted a little bit. How vital is it to come first in this group has and, and thus play a runner-up from another group? I mean, I know it still opens up a chance for Bayern Munich, although I think they'll probably top that group and it'll be Man United and we can't draw them in the first round anyway. Um, but the odds are, if you draw it, if you get to draw the team coming out second, that's going to be a huge advantage. It it usually is. It usually is, unless there's a surprise, obviously, as you said in the group. I can't see that being in Bayern's group. I'll be honest with you. Um, it's um, it, uh, they they need to get first. I think in past game, past groups, we've had um, what looks on paper a, a weak group, and we've still underperformed. So I think it's really important we go into this this game start off with a win. Uh, then we have Lons away, which again should be us getting a victory. If you can get those points early, it does make things a little bit easier as you go towards the end of the group stages because potentially if you qualify and qualify top, you can then maybe rest players, etc. But absolutely, I think getting top is really important. If we want to get far in this, in this uh, tournament... Um, that has to be our priority because once you pass the next round, that's when it gets that's when it gets open season. You can play any team because I think uh, in the quarterfinals you can actually play English teams as well. Yeah, that's right. So yeah. I, I think finishing top is definitely he's definitely got to be a be a priority. Here. Just it's another game where 
again, we're going to have all of the ball. Um, it's going to it's going to be played mainly in their half. I've I've no doubt about that. We've got to find a way to start putting our foot on these teams' throats, like we talked about in part one, and and putting teams to bed. Right, like this is a this is a real every game now until we start doing it. Every game we're going to be talking about it. Look, mate, uh, PSV are going to counter fast, and they're pretty solid at it. Um, this is probably going to be our toughest game in the group, or probably PSV away, I guess. Uh, or is this away or home? Actually? No, it's a home. Okay, perfect. Um, so, yeah, we really need to get this one. They are very – they're going to be very dangerous on the counter. I mean, it, it, watch any Peter Bosch team. Um, the man's a beast. Uh, uh, just just full throttle all the time. Um, there was a time when um, Emery was still with us, and I was like, I was wanting Peter Bosch to take over Arsenal because I love the way he plays so much. Um, but they're very dangerous, and yeah, I think we have to get to three points at home here if we're going to win the group. And again, same as Sunday, we've got to not do anything stupid, especially early. Yeah, of course. Um, you know, they're, they're one of the sides, and I, I think Tottenham is too, you know, considering the North London Derby on, on Sunday. Uh, they're one of the sides that they could hurt us with just one uh, one mistake. So we've really got to be tight. We've really got to be like focused in, and we, we we've got to win these games because we are the better side. I don't think, yeah. I mean, like we are the better side than Tottenham than PSV. We can do it, but if we if we mess up, you know. Yeah, it's a big test this as well because Arteta the one the one area where Arteta really hasn't impressed is the European games. Right, like like in the Europa League. Oh, damn it! I mentioned the damn competition. I wasn't supposed to do that. In in that other silly competition, I, I tell, let's be fair. I, tell, I wasn't good in that competition. We were not good in that competition. So there is perhaps some stuff to prove here. And also, as a club, we've said it a million times. We have got a shitty record in Europe for our bigger club. We are. So Arteta really has got something to prove here. I think this will be a really big test for him because I can kind of maybe make excuses for him for the other competition um, just purely because last season we were challenging for the league. It was, our squad was thin. Uh, let's be honest, those group stages are just absolutely mind-numbing in that other tour. You know, it's just, you just want it to go as quickly as possible. Well, we, we were ready to throw it away, weren't we, last we, year? We I mean, were ready. In, in all of the cups... We knew mm. we had a squad that could not compete on four and then, and then conversely, you know, this is, you know, the season think- before that we were challenging for fourth. So there was also this mindset of better getting fourth through the league rather than winning the Europa because that is still a risk as well. I, I, so I can kind of give them the benefit of doubt for the Europa. I can give any manager the benefit of doubt for the Europa if they're of a top four team, top five team. Uh, so I think he's really got to show his worth now. Um, you're going to be going in full strength or what he would perceive as full strength. There's not going to be any, you know, I can't see any form of uh, playing the youth and stuff like that. That's not going to be happening. Uh, so 
yeah, it's this is going to be. I think we're really going to see what he's about in Europe in this tournament because uh, I I find it difficult to judge him in in the Europa League. And on that, just do you how much rotation do you see? Obviously, we've just had a we just had an away game um, straight off the back of an international break. We've got a massive game coming up next Sunday. Are we going to see Ramsdale? Are we going to see Tommy Asu, Kivior, Havertz? Does Havertz come back in? Trossard is probably going to start, I would imagine. Now Martinelli's going to be out. Does he play Jesus or does he keep Jesus back for the North London derby? What, how do you how do you see him dealing with this team wise? And that's a that's that's quite a loaded question. I um, I don't expect Arteta to rotate too much, but you bring up an interesting point with uh, force changes, right? So I do imagine that Trossard will be starting at left wing now that Martinelli's out. I could see Jesus coming back in for Enkedia um, now that he's mm. fit. Um, man, any more though? I mean, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I'd like to see maybe four-ish players rotated, but I don't see Arteta doing that. Just, just me personally. Um, so yeah, I, I, I could see Jesus starting. I could see uh, Trossard will most definitely start. Um, Left back. Mm. Havertz. Uh, Havertz. Uh, no. well, what do you think? What do you think, Pass? Who do you think comes yeah, in Pass, from the from the weekend's team? I, I mean, I know you said like... you think Ramsdale is going to start. You do. Yeah, I, I've got feeling Ramsdale starts. I think Havertz starts. I think Jesus starts uh, yeah. to Justin Point and Trossard. I would say those yeah. are going to be the main main players that, that will start out of uh, what we saw on on uh, Sunday. Yeah, I mean, I was toying with the idea of does he start Tomiyasu over Zinchenko, but I've got to be honest, he's going to want to win this game. And mm-hmm. I've said this time and time again, but I, I just think Zinchenko's our most important player now with, our, with Partey not being there because I think he's the best one at moving the ball from the back to the front, although Rice is getting better and better at it every game. Um, but I, 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 And on Sunday, I thought Zinchenko was absolutely superb. On Sunday, I yeah, thought he was, well. he was he was brilliant, um, and I, I just don't see Arteta getting away from that. Paz, even even though you kind of want to see Tommy out there, because I don't really want to see Zinchenko trying to play three games in a week, um, but I, I think he's going to. Yeah, I, I would think Zinchenko starts. Uh, that that's I, I don't see any in the defense changing um, from what what we've been seeing in the previous games. I can't see that changing. But I think, you know, the argument could be Jesus was was purely given more time to recuperate, just come from international football. So there was Brazil. Um, I know that argument is not the same with Martinelli because he played, but he's come, he's come, he's recuperating from, from quite um, a long-term injury. So I think the Champions League is perfect for him to start. I, I, I'm, I'm pretty confident he starts for sure. Uh, I think Harvard's again, you could argue, yeah, he starts um, because maybe he was just taken out of the firing line for after what's been happening and the Champions League is a new tournament. So I've got a feeling he's in there. Um, yeah, I, I can't see the back ball changing, though. Oh, and Ramsdale, obviously, in the back five. 
So can I can I ask a question real quick, boss? You mm. you think that um, Ramsdale starting for the Champions League is that going to be his role? Then he's cup keeper from there on out, or well, are you going by what? <laughs> I hate to say that I think Arteta is lying on everything. He surely must be telling the truth somewhere. Yeah. So if he's telling the truth, it might not be. But I, I, yeah. I, I honestly, I it's don't tough, know. Man. It's tough. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I, 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 th- I couldn't put my neck out. I know it doesn't help, but I couldn't put my neck out and say, I think uh, Raya is now the number one. I just, I, I, I have, for some reason, I believe him in this area. I believe that he is, the only reason I think Ramsdale plays is most likely because he probably has Raya, an eye on Raya playing against Spurs. But I, I, I don't know. I, 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 I have a feeling we're going to see more of Ramsdale than not just the Champions League. That's that's what I think. Yeah, there, there is another part to this too here in that you dance with the one that brought you, right? Like that's what they say. And we are here because of the likes of Ramsdale. So I think giving Ramsdale the first crack at the Champions League is fair as much as anything, as much mm. as anything else. Declan Rice signed for us in part because he wanted to play in the Champions League. There's no way Declan Rice is sitting out on Wednesday night. I've seen people say Jorginho is going to come in for Rice. There is no chance that Declan Rice is missing a Champions League. Oh, I've seen it all over the place. There is no way Declan Rice is missing the first Champions League game at the Emirates. No way in the world. It's just not going to happen. So, I I mean, I, you know, Arteta hates rotation as much as I hate rotation. So he's he's not going to be changing. And and this is funny. So let's let's do this. Just. What would your eleven be, right? If you if you got a, if you had a choice, right? And and let's say you have to have ESR on the bench, you can't start him. So oh, what would your... come on, you can't do that to him. That's <laughs> not nice. Your, what would your eleven be? Because I'm I'm genuinely interested to see how much people would rotate from the norm. Okay, all right, all right. I'll uh, I'll do this. Um, I'm going uh, Ramsdale. Zinchenko, Gabriel. Ooh. Uh. So are you, are you thinking White and Tomiyasu? I'm thinking White and then Tomiyasu. Yep. Okay. That's what yep. I'm thinking. Yep. And then I'm going Rice. And then I'm going Havertz. And then I'm going Odegaard. And then I'm going Trossard. Jesus and Saka. And where would you? So, so your basically your changes would be you'd move White into centre half and bring in Tommy Asu, and yeah, then I, bring Havertz back in, and and that would basically be be it from what you would consider the normal first eleven. Yeah, and 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 I say this because I think PSV is the toughest team in our group, and I think we're gonna want to try to get a result against them at home. I don't expect much rotation, personally. So wh- where would you go, Pass? What would be your 11? Um, so I'd have the same back four, Ramsdale. As, as normal? Yeah, as normal. Okay. Rice. Uh, uh, I'm not a massive Harvard's fan, so I wouldn't probably have him in. I, 
what I would like, but Smith Rowe's not included. Is that what you're saying? It has no, to be you one can do it. I'll just ban. Yeah, him from you Justin. can include him. It was just me. I've just ju- just banned Justin from using him. It's just me. It just banned Justin. I'd, I'd have Smith Rowe in there. Um, hey, in, in the in Vieira's role. Um, and then who's the Odegaard? Because uh, we're at home as well. I think there might yeah, be. Yeah, we're at home. More. Yeah, there'll be a little bit more mentality to kind of you know uh, be a bit push the boat out a little bit. And then uh, Saka, Trossard, and uh, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not against either. Either of them. I think that's. I think that's probably the most likely thing. I, I do think he will start Havertz, but I thought he was going to yeah, start Havertz on Sunday, and I was really surprised when he didn't. But I think the game plan, the way the game worked out, it was. Uh, it was. It was the right move for sure. Have the subs got to be a bit better and a bit earlier, Paz, here with this? Because like we're saying about the rotating the first 11, but you can rotate in other ways, right? Like you can get to the hour and you know that Martinelli's probably going to miss two, three weeks. So all of a sudden Trossard becomes really important. Is there an argument for getting to the hour mark and bringing Emil Smith-Rowe on for Trossard out there? Because that's yes. what I think is... Yes. That is yeah, but that's what that's where I see this. That's how I see this going. I think I think Smith Rowe will come on for Trossard at some point. I just don't know when it would be. I hope it's not the 89th minute, which is what I fear. But I think on the hour, you you know, you get three substitution windows, right? So I know Arteta doesn't like to use all those windows up, which I understand, but you can make three subs on the hour, one on seventy and still keep a sub in your back pocket. Is that irrespective of school line? Yeah, I think, well, no, because you can't be irrespective of scoreline, right? Because there's always got to be game state. You're banking on this going the way you think it does, which is we've got all the ball and maybe we've got a 1-0 lead or whatever. You know, you you can't, if we're one down and chasing a game, then it's, you're obviously going to make different subs. I would, I would hope so. You know, I think now Smith Rowe is even closer to start, to at least getting some game time than he was before with Martinelli out. So, it it with the amount of games that we've got coming up, um, including the shitty Carabao, we, you would think there is going to be some opportunities for him, and it does make sense because I don't, I wouldn't look at taking Trossard off and putting Smith Rowe as this big, big gamble. It's uh, there are other areas which will be a bigger gamble to do, like taking Odegaard off and putting Jorginho on or someone like that. That's a bigger gamble, but. Trossard putting ESR on, I don't see what the harm that does. Um, it, it, it just kind of gives us another dimension in attack, but he's just as dynamic and uh, forward-thinking as, as any other player. And yes. just no, um, no thoughts on um, Saka taking a break and Reese Nelson. Not, not is Arteta going to do it because we know he's not going to, but no thoughts in your mind to maybe try and maybe stick in Nelson out there or even putting Jesus at their wide right and playing and Ketia up front to give Saka a bit of a break. Ben, you know, I'm, I'm actually glad you brought that up, Gaff. Um, so I do not think Arteta is going to do this because no. he wouldn't. But I, I'd actually love to see what Jesus could do out wide right with Enkedia, who's done nothing to be dropped, you know, uh, at center forward. Um, that being said, I, I don't think it's happening. Um no, I, I don't think I'd like any, to see it. I'd like to I see don't it. think there's any way in the world that it that it happens. I think he's definitely playing Saka 100. percent The only thing I the only thing I would say with that 
is that would you be worried that we would then have a bench with literally no centre forward on it? Because that would mean the three players that we use at centre forward would all be on the pitch at the same time. Mate, you know my answer. Emil Smith throw a false nine all day. <laughs> I mean, he could play centre half in a stretch, right? <laughs> he could play anywhere, Gav. <laughs> I mean, if do you think that that Kivio needs to get some minutes somewhere though, Jazz? Because I mean, I'm 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 just finding it difficult to see at the minute for a lot of players in this squad where the minutes are coming from, even when the game starts to pick up, because. Arteta isn't going to rotate massively. So the players that are really on the outskirts, the people like Kivio, like ESR, um, you know, the players who are, who are a little bit further back in the in the packing order, I just, I'm struggling to see where these minutes are coming from. Yeah, mate, I, I have a, a, a major problem seeing where Kivio is going to get minutes. Um, I think Zinchenko is the most, um, uh, help me with the word, He's like the most divisive. No, not divisive. He's uh, the most fragile, maybe. Are we yeah, fragile? Fra- fragile. Yeah, but but he also like influences he's, our play more than yes. any other player. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. He's vital to the way we play. But he's but he's going to come off, right? He's going to be one of the first subs off. If if everything goes according to plan, he's the one that's going to be wrapped in cotton wool. I'm guessing yeah. that Zinchenko yeah. will come off first, probably with Jesus if Jesus starts. Them two will probably be off around about 65 to 70 minutes. Yeah, no, 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 no. I agree 100%, but I don't see... Uh... But then is it Tommy Asu that comes on if Tommy Asu yes. doesn't start? I mean, yes, that, that's the other thing. Like, and this is what I'm saying. I just don't see where Kivior's minutes are coming from. And we yeah, have and to that... get some minutes in him. And that's that's exactly what I was about to say. It'll probably be Tommy Asu at left back before Kivior. Um, unfortunately, because I think Kivior's done fine, you know, but I think I think uh, I think Tomiyasu if fit he'll come in and left back before Kivio will. Yeah, I mean I'm you know famously I'm not a fan of squad rotation. Pass everybody everybody knows that. But this is what I will say: you can't keep these players sitting on the bench all season and then need them for three weeks in March. Throw them in and expect them just to perform. Like we we have to get minutes in these legs somewhere. They have to get playing in this team somehow and at some point. And the Carabao Cup, it's all very well saying, well, we'll just play them in the Carabao Cup. But then they ain't playing with their teammates. They're playing with a load of other players who can't get minutes anywhere else. Uh, yeah, uh, but I I still think it's a little bit. I know you can't see it as it stands, but Martin just pulled up with an injury and he's out for three four weeks. Timber pulled up with injuries out the whole season, so. As much as we can't see at this very moment, who's to say in two, three weeks we don't get another injury where they have to start? And yeah, I see I see your point as well in saying that they, they will be coming in cold. But I, I do feel they will get more minutes than maybe we think at this current time. I would like to see perhaps, like you were saying, a few more sub-appearances, uh, perhaps coming on in the last 10 minutes or something like that to get them a little bit warmed up and, and established and um, connected with, with, with their position. Um, I just think the way that we've been, um, our games have been recently, we've been, so with the Man United game, haven't they? Basically. They've all been one goal games, basically. Yeah. And and they've been games that we, we either were trying to turn around or one that we were trying to get the win. So we were kind of looking more attacking minded than we were defensively. I think the only time, um, was was the Fulham game where yeah. we, 
you know, put in Jorginho and then changed it up a bit to our own detriment. So generally, we've been the team that's been looking for the win or trying to turn a game round. Um, but I, 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 I don't think I wouldn't have too many alarm bells yet. But I do see your point. I know it is important to keep them fresh, and it is important to because defense is a an area where there's you know our rear guard back in back in the other they were like in sync with each other and how to do the offside trap and um, knowing where everyone was, even the goalkeeper, you have to keep that. So having those extra players that come in need to be part of that. And if you don't have them playing, then there could be problems when they do come in, in terms of being in line with how the other defenders play. And we saw that when Gabriel's not there. We see that with Saliba. It's just not the same defender, is he? Um, yeah, it, it, it's a struggle. I mean, we saw it at the end of last season when Saliba was out, yeah, and we saw it at the start of this season when Gabriel was out. They are, I mean, and part of it is just because they're by far the two best centre backs at the club. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's no one close to him. Ben White ain't close to Saliba, and Kivior ain't close to Gabriel. So they're the two best centre backs at the club. So, of course, they're going to be better anyway. But as a pairing, they know each other's game. So they are, yeah. I mean, even that offside against United, right? When Gabriel has taken all of the plaudits for the way he handled that offside. But if you watch it, Saliba stepped up and Gabriel knew that Saliba was stepping up and that's why that that's why that happened. If Oh, it was so brilliant. It was so brilliant. It was. But but that was them two together doing that. That could not have worked had it been either Ben White at right sided centre back or Kivior at left sided centre back. That couldn't have worked because they don't know each other that well. Mm. Yeah. And that, that's the worry with the defensive side of it. But I've got a question for you two. Would you be averse seeing Tomiyasu play central defence at some point? I, I don't think there's a need for it, is my, my honest answer. Like, like, I think he could do it, and I wouldn't be... I would rather see him than holding, put it that way. Um, mm. But I think when you've got White and Kivior as the kind of backups, I would prefer to see Tomiyasu at right-back and White at centre-back than Tomiyasu at centre-back and White at right-back. Do you know what I mean? Like that's that's kind of how that's kind of how I see it. And Kivior to me is the first man up at left centre back. And I've no problem with Tommy Asu being the next man up in either of them, but he's kind of the third option for right or left centre back for me. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. But he's probably the first choice at either fullback position, right? Yeah, like that's that's kind of just how it is. He's the first choice for backup for Ben White, and he's the, now Timbers out, obviously, and he's the first choice backup for for Zinchenko. So that's that's what we've got. We've just we've got seven players for four positions. Speaking of Timber, quickly, do we know any further information on timelines? They've been very coy about that. Is yeah, it just so I was to reading something today. He's actually, I was reading, he's actually um, jogging again already, mm-hmm. and I don't know. I mean, I haven't these things. Obviously, modern medicine has got a lot better, right? And these the recovery times are a lot shorter. Um, I would still be surprised if we saw him play a serious part in this season. But I have seen people say could be early next year. That's my thought process. But April, yeah. I'm I'm putting my money on April. But One. let's say let's say we're in a title race. Uh, how do you throw in a player that will still be new to the club because he hasn't been? You know, he's only played a couple of games. On the back of an ACL injury, how do you frame in at the end of April or the start of May? 
that's that's my thing. Like mm. that's why I'm saying I think it's the season because I think even if he's back in April, I just I don't think if something if Ben White suspended or Ben White misses a game and you're on April April twentieth and Timber's just back, you're still going to go Tommy Asu. You you have to at that point. You can't just throw him in and expect him to to be straight up to speed. So for me, this is a season ender regardless. But yeah, I did I did see that he was back doing some doing some light training work and that is incredibly positive. And obviously if we get him back earlier than that, and Jesus we got Jesus back a couple of weeks earlier than we thought. So if we get back a little bit earlier then then fantastic stuff. But I, I would I would be I would be hesitant to say he was going to play a serious part in the rest of this season. Yeah, you're probably right, Gaff. Um <clears throat> I would still like to see some kind of um, offensive move with playing Timber at right back and Zinchenko at left back. Oh, uh, I think we'd have seen that by now. I think had he not been injured, I think Timber would be starting by now at right back. The same way that Raya came in to play. Listen, Raya came in to play in goal, right? He came in to be the first choice to play in goal. Timber came in to be the first choice right back. I have no doubt about that. And I think Ben White's been great. I love Ben White. I think he's a fantastic player. But I do think Timber's probably better. And I think had had Timber not been injured, I do think that now it would be Zinchenko and Timber starting at fullback. Yeah, I can't argue with that. Yeah, if if Timber hadn't gotten injured, I I totally see that. Even though I, I love Ben White, don't think he's done anything wrong. No, I think no, I was... think he's a great player, but this is this is the marginal gains, right? This is what we've been yeah. talking about. Marginal gains with yep. the Raya yeah. Ramsdale thing. There's there's tiny bits in it, mm-hmm. but them tiny bits are enough for Arteta to say, "Well, that makes a difference." Yeah, and I think I think Timber is a, a great player with maybe a higher ceiling than Ben White, even though I I love White to death. Yeah, and I think that's all it that's all it comes down to, really. So to um, finish this off, Paz. Um, how good does it feel to be finally back in the Champions League after all this time? And how important is it to us as a club for stature, commercial activity, sponsorships, the whole works? This is the competition we have to be in. Oh, it's it's massive. I I, I had the because here in the US you have Paramount Plus shows it right. I know you guys stream and do all of that stuff, but I I try and be a, a, a you know a, uh, a goody two shoes, an outstanding citizen, and uh, use the, the the traditional way. Uh, but um, it's um, yeah. So I I for the last God knows how many years since Arsenal been in the Champions League, I don't even watch it if it's um if it's available and it's on one of the Spanish channels which they would have here. I might watch the odd game, but I really didn't care. I didn't care about the draw. I was not engaged at all. It's nice to be engaged. It's nice to hear a proper anthem now when they are lining up instead of that, I don't know, that, yeah, that pound shop um, anthem that the, the other one has. Um, Do you know, so, I don't even remember hearing that. Like, like, I couldn't tell you what, obviously everyone knows the Champions League anthem, the Europa League like, one. Oh, I don't like even know what it is. Oh, I don't know it. I don't know it either. You don't know? It's like, no, no. I don't. All right, let me let's look it up. That, that sounded like a Shaky really bad like, version of a, of a Shakira song. <laughs> it's keep so talking, bad. keep talking, guys. I mean, they really did their best to make it a poor man's Champions League. Everything from the music, everything is just so shit. Um, but anyway, it'll be nice to have that feeling. Nice to be in a tournament, which even though the group doesn't have that Champions League feeling as yet, but 
it's just good to be in a tournament which now is represent we are part of as the elite club that we are and um i think it's just great all round for us as a as a for marketing as for profile um and uh stature and it's kind of emblematic of where we've been going over the last the upward trajectory our team is heading in so really excited man yeah and and Jos is again same same for you it's 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 big time right being back here this is exactly what we've wanted oh, all this time sorry i was playing the anthem yes it is big time mate i um it's been so long i can't even remember uh i'm i'm really hyped to be back i can't wait to hear the anthem for the first time um <laughs> i want to see declan rice's face as the anthem's playing that's that's the bit that i'm most looking forward to Seeing Declan Rice as that is playing, looking around the stadium. No, I was just playing it. Pause. Damn it! Can you hear? All no. right. Well, listen, listen. I don't want to hear this anthem. I'll be honest with you. I don't want to hear it. Right. I, I do not want to. Right. Do not ever want to hear it again. All right. So, all right. Well, listen. Let's let's finish up with the. Uh, let's finish up with the. Who we have two minutes, Gap. Well, we have two minutes. I was on. right though, wasn't it? Oh, no, you're right. You're right, Pause. Yeah, don't worry about that, it. See, it sounds to me like you're singing that song from the South Africa World Cup that she's <laughs> that, That's what that sounds like. Hey, don't blame me. That's where don't my blame mind me. immediately no, went. No, blame oh, you're fine. Me. You're fine, mate. Don't, don't no. let Gavin. All right, hey, hey, listen. Let's, let's, let's do this Who Am I game because I want to oh, ask you who's, who's got this. Oh, yeah. Right. So, right, so who am answer, I? Right. It's Zinchenko. Oh, isn't it? Yes, you, but you're jumping the gun here. You're jumping oh. the gun. Pascal, you 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 knew it was, and he didn't give Justin a chance to answer. So oh, now he's going to say Zinchenko, and he's going to pretend that he knew it all along. So I began my career at FC Ufa. <laughs> I moved to Manchester <laughs> City and went on loan to PSV for a season, appearing 12 times before returning and establishing myself as part of the first-team squad at the Etihad. I then moved to Arsenal and have appeared 31 times for the Gunners. Who am I? Jazz, if you hadn't have heard Pascal say that it's Alexander Zinchenko, who would you have said it was? Well, I got to be honest, Gaff. I would say it's probably Alexander Zinchenko. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> right. I figured you were, I figured you were going to go there. Just it was Ufa, wasn't it? That's what gave it away. <laughs> yeah, it was Ufa. Ufa. Yeah, was I'm, I'm actually, I'm a huge fan. appearances for I'm, Ufa. Yeah. I'm a huge fan, yeah. <laughs> yeah, watched it in the Europa League with that silly tune. <laughs> Here it is. I am not playing out this episode to the Europa League tune. It's not going to happen. All right. Sorry, guys. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks a lot. Um, it was a fun one tonight. We'll be back uh, after the PSV game, and we'll we'll look forward to the uh, we'll look forward to the derby at the weekend and, and recap the PSV game. So, thanks a lot, guys, and uh, we'll catch you later on. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks a lot.